From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. We're delighted to have you with us today. Looking forward to a good time as we open the Bible here and spend some time looking at some of the good things that God gives to us. Yesterday, we began talking about the passage in Joshua chapter 14, where Caleb went to Joshua and said to him, Now therefore give me this mountain. And you know, when we say, I want that mountain, that is a quote from this passage. Bill Harvey wrote a song entitled, I Want That Mountain. Many of you perhaps are familiar with it. It's taken from this verse. We'll get to that and look at it in just a moment with some applications for me and for you today. But first of all, let me just remind you, I'm always glad to hear from you. If you have questions or if you have prayer requests, don't hesitate to get in touch. I'll be delighted to hear from you. Our email address is radio at swordofthelord.com, or if you want to use standard mail, it's P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. And also, I invite you to check out our website at swordofthelord.com. Now, let's get right to our study today. Caleb and Joshua are two special men. They were the spies that Moses sent over into the Promised Land several years earlier, along with ten other men. Ten of them came back and said, we can't do it. Caleb and Joshua said, if the Lord delight in us, then we can do this. Well, here they are getting ready to divide up the land as it is supposed to be divided. And Caleb, remembering the promise that Moses had made to him, said to Joshua, I'm ready. I'm 85 years old, he said, but listen, I'm strong and he's ready to go. And so he says, I want that mountain. Now, we looked at a lot of the details of the historic setting yesterday, and I'll not repeat all of that except to say, let's look at some application out of this passage. Why is this in the Bible? Why did the Lord leave this out here in the open for us so that we can study it and learn from it? Well, you know, the New Testament says that all of the Old Testament things are here for our learning and for our admonition. Yesterday, I told you, point number one in all of this, we can believe God and we can trust every promise that he gives us. The years may pass, the valleys may be deep, and the adversaries may be many. But God's Word is something we can depend upon. We can trust what He tells us, and we can depend upon His promises to be true. We can claim those promises for our very own. Now, point number two to be made as I look at this passage and study this demand, this claim, this asking for the mountain. Point number two, God will always do His part but he entrusts some of the details to us. He wants us in the equation. He wants us as a part of all of the things that he's doing. And he will absolutely do his part at every turn in the road. You know, when I stand up to preach a sermon in front of a crowd, or when I come to this microphone to talk to you folks who join with me every day on this broadcast, or if I'm talking to somebody one-on-one -on -one about the Savior, I'm thankful every single day that we have the opportunity to talk to other people, to declare the great things of God, and to proclaim clearly the great truths of the gospel so that people will understand what they need to do to get right with God and to go to heaven. I'm glad for that. And this is the thing that we need to understand. Our voice may be small, 
but God's voice is strong. And when we declare what we can declare and get the message to them, God will speak to them in the inner recesses of their heart, and His voice may sometimes be as quiet as a whisper. On another occasion, it may be like a sonic boom thundering in the heart of a man or a woman. But I want you to know God will do His part. When you and I witness, when you and I give testimony, when you and I preach the truth of God, God will always attend that, and He will help us. He promises that His Word will not return void. So we can count on God to do His part, and we have some of those details to take care of as well. Point number three, when you and I take possession of what God has promised, we are simply taking advantage of the privilege that He accords to us. In verse number five of this chapter, it says, As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. The Lord had promised it, so they went about taking care of business, getting things in place, and it's our privilege to act upon the promises of God. And you and I ought to make a priority out of that. If we know the truth of God, we ought not to delay acting on that. We ought to get right to it and do what we know to do every single hour of every day. And if we'll do that, make a priority of what God has promised Make that the privilege of our life, that we just do the Lord's business built upon every good thing that He's given us. I'm telling you, it will put us in possession of peace. It'll put us in possession of security. It'll put us in possession of so many precious things that we can only get from Him. I've talked a lot in recent days right here on this broadcast about the source, the source, the source. I'm telling you, God is the source. You and I can look to Him. We can count on Him. We can depend on Him for what He promises and for what He and only He can provide. Point number four, when others fail, we are well served to remain faithful. Verse number eight of this 14th chapter of Joshua says, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Joshua and Caleb said that they followed the Lord their God. So dear friends, here's the point to be made. Those 10 spies that came back with the negative, discouraging report, those guys failed. They went, they found out what was there, but they came back saying it can't be done. Other people may fail us, but God never fails. We're well served to remain faithful even when others disappoint us, when others betray us, when others fall by the wayside, when others do not believe the promises of God, when others collapse and just fall into some great sin. You and I do well to stay faithful. You say, well, I was counting on that person. That person I had so much respect for. They faltered. They failed. Listen, do not let somebody else's failure take you down into failure as well. You need to know God will not fail you. God will be faithful to you even if everybody fails you. Now, I think I can tell you everybody's not going to fail you. Nobody's perfect in this world, but you can count on some people to stay steady, stay true, do what they ought to do. And when others fail you, don't follow them. Don't go down that trail of failure. Don't let yourself become broken because somebody else is broken. We will do well to stay faithful to the Lord no matter what else is going on in our life, what else is going on in our world. Let's look at point number five. Just some applications here from this I Want That Mountain passage in Joshua chapter 14. Point number five, your faithfulness will pay dividends for generations to come. 
Verse number nine, Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Listen, folks, when we do right, it does accrue along the way. The next generation will be blessed by what we have done. And Moses was able to look at this and testify and say, just as you were faithful, it will provide an inheritance for you, but that inheritance will accrue to your children forever. That's such a precious promise to know that we can pass the torch, we can pass the blessing along from one generation to the next. I'm telling you, your children are worth whatever battles you have to fight. Your children are worth you being faithful. Your children are worth you standing true and doing the things that the Lord would have you to do. Stay faithful. Be the example. Stand up and be counted and let that pass along to the next generation and they in turn pass it to the generation coming after them. Your faithfulness, dear friend, it will pay dividends and it'll pay for generations to come. Let's look at point number six. You should have the same drive, the same vision, and the same motivation in your old age that you did years before. Here's Caleb getting ready to ask for this mountain, and here's what he says, verse 10. Behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spoke this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and he says, now I am this day fourscore and five years old. That's 85 years of age. And he says in verse 11, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. And then he says, dear God, yes, I want to claim your promise. And he turned to Joshua and he said, I want that mountain. Give me this mountain. Dear friend, that vision, that drive, he had not lost his heart. He was 85 years of age, yet he had the drive, the vision, the motivation. He was dreaming the dream that had been in his heart through all of those years. And you and I simply need to every single day maintain our vision, maintain our drive, maintain our motivation. And I no doubt I'm talking to any number of senior adults as I do this broadcast today. And I'm just wanting you to look at your senior years and don't give up. Don't just back off and don't say, well, I've been there and done that. You may have been there. You may have done that. Well, do it again, dear friend. Keep your heart. Keep your vision. Stay excited. Stay encouraged along the way. Give yourself devotedly to the Lord and let your life in your senior years amount to something as you use your testimony, your wisdom, your maturity to be a blessing to others. I know many of you are doing that, and my encouragement today is exactly that. I simply want to encourage you to stay at it. You may have more aches and pains than you used to have, but I'm telling you, you can still be a blessing to other people. You may even be confined at home, but at the same time, you've got a telephone, you've got people coming in to minister to you, perhaps bring you food or whatever. You can every single day be a blessing to somebody I know that you can. Here's point number seven. You'll need to claim the mountain if you really want it. Verse 12 and 13. Joshua is listening to what Caleb says. And Caleb says, Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb 
the inheritance that he asked for. And Hebron, that city there in Israel, was a part of that inheritance. And he gave it to him, he said in verse 14, because Caleb had wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Dear friend, if you want the mountain, you're going to have to claim it. If you want the benefit of the blessings of God, you're going to have to plant your feet on those promises and claim them. And as you claim them, they in turn will become real to you. And the Lord will make His Word good every step of the way. I'm telling you, if you want the mountain, if you really want it, if you want the blessing of God, get yourself in position. Get yourself in place. Be a person of faith. Turn to the Word of God. Study the great truths of the Bible. And then just determine that is who I will be. I'm going to follow that. Now, I know some of you are going to say, look, I have my weaknesses. I have temptations that I yield to. Listen, every step of the way, if you get in line with God, you'll find yourself more and more able to deal with that and to get control of yourself like you should. You can walk the walk and serve the Lord. I know that you can because God will be your helper. These are wonderful promises that we find laden right here in this great passage. Joshua and Caleb, such sterling testimonies, such absolute outstanding examples they are. And what a blessing it is to see these men in their senior years, walking with the Lord, trusting God, claiming the promises, and just following through right down to the very last of their life. Listen, when you say, dear Lord, I want that mountain. It belongs to me. I think you are just simply claiming what God has promised, and you're going to like what you get because God's promises are always sweet and blessed. Well, look, we're looking right at the weekend now. I hope you go to church on Sunday, find a good church, and be there on the weekend, and join us again here Monday. In the meantime, do get in touch with me. Write to me. Let me know that you're hearing the broadcast. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. The email address is simply radio at swordofthelord.com. And if you want to use regular mail, write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. We look forward to seeing you back here again Monday. Until then, have a good rest of the day and a great weekend. Goodbye for now.